So we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day, for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 and 17. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. This passage is really important for us in our culture today, where we are sort of characteristically and habitually overcommitted to only what's visible. Right, the things that are seen, and we are so commonly forgetful and negligent of what is unseen. We pay so much attention to our outward lives, to the lives of pain and pleasure and comfort in our bodies, uh, and comparatively little attention to what's unseen about us, our souls, our eternal souls. So this verse, I think, is really important, um, speaks right into our, into our world today, and I want to unpack it a little bit. The first thing I want to say is um, what Paul means when he says light and momentary affliction. This is um, seven chapters later in the same letter, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Paul lists some of the things he's suffered recently, and this is among the list. Five times he says he received 40 lashes minus one, with like a big leather whip. Three times beaten with rods. One time he was stoned with the intent to be killed. Three times he was shipwrecked, once spending a night and a day at sea in open water. He's been often hungry, thirsty, and without adequate clothing, and often pursued of enemies of all kinds, bandits sort of in the world and just enemies in the church opposing his mission throughout. In other words, Paul was often outwardly miserable. He was often uncomfortable and in pain. More pain um, than most of us have experienced. I've never been beaten with rods or stoned. Um, and yet, Paul says, this light, momentary affliction. Right? So he's not being coy. He's describing his very real misery in that language because of the bigger picture that he has in view, which is what I hope to bring forward this morning. Now, what Paul suffered, he suffered very specifically because he was a missionary for Jesus and people were opposing him and he had no money and all this stuff went wrong as part of his, his mission in spreading the gospel. But that's not the only reason that you can have light and momentary affliction, right? I heard a phrase many years ago, which I've never forgotten. It was this phrase, the hair shirt of humanity, that just being a human being grates against us painfully, whether it's pain from sickness whether it's some of the pains that come with getting older, the pains that come from stress or work or whatever it may be, just being a human brings with it outward pain and discomfort and, and from in seasons, misery. This is true for all of us. So, to be clear, um, in the midst of misery, it doesn't feel light or momentary, and yet, the Holy Spirit, speaking through St. Paul, calls it light and momentary. How could that be? It could only be possible if there's something bigger than our outward suffering that scales the weight of it, the, the, the pain of it, the suffering of it, um, to, so that we could call it light and momentary. 
And that is exactly what Paul uh, brings into view, the very thing which scales our misery to call it light and momentary. But for, before I get to that, let me ask a question. Um, Paul says that though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. Um, does that happen automatically? Does being outwardly miserable automatically mean you're going to be inwardly renewed? No, it doesn't. Right, thank you. Um, no, it's not automatic. Because, of course, there are plenty of non-Christians who are suffering terribly and yet are not, in sort of spiritual terms, being inwardly renewed by the experience. And there are plenty of Christians who also are suffering a great deal and yet there isn't an inward renewal that's happening. So it, it manifestly is not automatic. When Paul says this affliction, what he's suffering, this affliction is preparing for us, he means for us Christians who are able to use this suffering rightly. There is actually an element of how we receive the miseries of life that catalyzes its ability to be the thing that causes us to be renewed inwardly, day by day. We need to use our suffering rightly in order for outward misery to prepare for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Pain and misery themselves don't automatically go there. We have to sort of jump in the middle and invite them to be so. So that's what I actually want to end with. This is probably going to be the shortest sermon I've ever preached. <laughs> um, with just a couple practical things on what does it look like to use suffering rightly. How could our outward affliction prepare for us an eternal weight of glory? How could outward difficulty lead to inward renewal? Um, the very first thing is, as it says in the scriptures, to not grumble or complain which is the hardest thing to do in the world. Because when bad things happen, the first thing you want to do is and grumble to whoever's with me and grumble to God. Like we are grumblers by nature because pain is painful. It's instinctive. What the Bible is inviting us into here is, again, as I've sort of it's become almost an accidental theme of these last few weeks, a supernatural life. And grumbling or complaining sort of prevents that supernatural life from ever coming in. Um, there's a, I have a thing written on the wall in my little prayer closet at home. It's a quote from a priest a couple hundred years ago, St. John Vianney, who said, the saints never complain. And when I read that, it stopped me in my tracks because I think the truth in that little summary is the way you get to be a saint is by not complaining in the difficulties that God permits. In allowing them to be a thing he uses to sanctify us, to bring inward renewal and to give us rewards in the future. Grumbling or complaining sort of prevents from the very beginning any chance of, of inward things being gained through outward things being difficult. So the opposite of grumbling or complaining, and again, this is, I'm going to just keep saying a sequence of crazy sounding statements, but I ask you to bear with me, <laughs> um, is to accept whatever difficulty comes as from the Lord trusting that he is the sovereign God of the universe and that nothing happens without his permission. And I say permission because God is not the creator of evil. The scriptures are very clear about that. Um, he isn't sort of some punitive, faraway God figure sort of sending difficulties at, at random. But he is in charge of the universe. This is what we see sort of most powerfully in the story of Job, right? Even Satan had to get permission from God kind of in some mysterious way. 
So we should accept what comes as from his hand, and even, this is what we see the apostles doing, they even thank God, this is the craziest sounding thing of all, they even thank God for the difficulties that come their way. When they receive beatings and get put in prison, they sing praises to God that their life got to imitate the life of their master who was beaten and put away because he was proclaiming the gospel. Now the noblest suffering of all would be to suffer for the gospel, but there's plenty of suffering, not for the gospel in particular, but that we receive in this life. And I think one of the things that we can sort of use to sort of receive St. Paul, like St. Paul wasn't always thirsty or shipwrecked because of the gospel, those were some of accidents of nature, stuff that happens, that God permits to happen. But he received all things, in all things, giving thanks to God. And so I think this is something I've been learning about um, in recent months in my own life. When small pains, because we practice everything in the small, right? And then hopefully we can use it in the bigger situation. When small things happen, my first impulse is to grumble, but to actually co-opt it and say, Lord, thank you for permitting this. I don't understand why. I don't like it. I wish you would take it away. But thank you for permitting it because I believe you will work some good out of this. I believe that through this outward affliction, you might bring about some sanctifying of my crooked heart. Like maybe this very pain that you've permitted, you could use to heal something that was really broken in me inwardly. And and this is, I think, you know, I think it was C.S. Lewis who said, um, God often uses pain as a megaphone to relay his truth. That in seasons of affliction, of outward misery, we instinctively come to do what we should be doing in all seasons, seasons of health and prosperity, which is crying out to God in a spirit of dependence. We should be doing that at all times, but it makes a sort of instinctive sense when your guts are eating you from the inside out or when things are going really badly or you're in chronic pain or whatever it may be, to say, Lord, help me, help me, have mercy on me. That should be our prayer in health as well. We just don't realize it in health. And that's what his way of sort of, I think, we're getting into the mystery that Paul is talking about. That it's the affliction that drives us to sort of see our frail state and our profound need for God more vividly. That we actually lean into a life of prayer and, and seeking his comfort in the scriptures and in the sacrament, as we should at all times, but in affliction, we, we actually really burrow into because we actually need God to intervene because I, nothing the doctors are doing or nothing that's happening outwardly is taking the pain away. You know, so there are some things doctors can't fix. There are some things that will grind us down until we die. And it's the horrible pain of life. But in the midst of that, the testimony of so many saints in the past is that by reaching out to God in the worst of pain, they actually come to bring the Spirit of God and the power of God into their lives, sometimes for the abatement of pain and misery, sometimes not. But that inwardly they become transformed and they go um, to their end glowing with a radiant love of God that is supernatural. One of the things, one other sort of way in which we can use suffering and affliction rightly as well as not grumbling, receiving it as, as from God, um, is to not flee to outward comforts. That's sort of another natural instinct, right? Like, my body hurts, I want more bodily comfort. Right? And we find that in different places accordingly, whether it's just, um, whether it could be food, it could be some other um, thing that brings physical pleasure. Um, 
some material comfort, we run to that thinking, oh yeah, this is what I need, but we actually should run, should run to God. When we do, he uses good things as well as the afflictions that he permits, the, the outward wasting away, this affliction which Paul calls light and momentary. He uses, us, uses it to sanctify us, to make our love and longing for God more pure. Um, and in the midst of that, so there's present rewards, present benefits, but then he says eternal rewards. When he talks about the eternal weight of glory, he's talking about the rewards of heaven. That in accepting misery now, patiently. Remember the word patient has the word suffering in it. Passion. Patient is patient. There's a, when we accept suffering patiently, we actually win more of the, the joy and the reward of heaven. This is what Jesus is talking about on the Sermon on the Mount, right? Blessed are you who weep now, for you will be comforted. There is eternal reward and consolation for what is right now happening. And when we look at, and here's sort of where what St. Paul is saying in the end, everything that we are experiencing now, good or bad, in light of eternity is pretty small. So if we fix our hearts on what can be gained forever, we can get through a couple of weeks, months, years, even decades of discomfort now, knowing what is to come. And that's why Paul says what he begins with, therefore we do not lose heart. We don't succumb to despair and chronic discouragement. Now sometimes, certainly, it's part of being human to wrestle with those things, but we, don't, we aren't sunk by it in the midst of affliction because we have an eternal hope. We have a God who we can reach out to in the present, who is real, who will meet us in our prayers. He's promised to hear our prayer. He's promised to be with us to the end of the age. And those who are sick and suffer actually know the truth of that promise most of all. Therefore we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Amen.